0: 7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia.
1: Yes, that is me. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Uh, Luyolom Kalipi is the producer and Baba Duma is uh, in technical tonight with us. And this evening on the show, we have a massive story in front of us, folks. It broke today uh, with communication coming from the competitions commission. They revealed today that they've referred to the competition tribunal for confirmation as an order, a consent agreement reached with Quality Talent Sports, a sports agency representing players and coaches mainly, in the Premier Soccer League QTS, which is owned by renowned football business advisor and lawyer Tim Sugazi has agreed to pay a fine of one hundred and fourteen thousand rand after pleading guilty to charges of fixing the price of commission fees and fixing trading conditions. And that's not all. The commission has uncovered collusion among 37 accused who negotiate transfer fees and contracts for football players and coaches. And these include companies and intermediaries. So uh, Mr. Sipongwema, head of communications, who speaks on behalf of the Competition Commission of South Africa, will speak to us about this huge story. We'll also go over to Brussels to find out why the Belgium uh, football team is making waves. They are playing France in the semi-final of the World Cup tonight at eight. And this current team has been dubbed the golden generation. And we want to find out why that is the case and what are the expectations from the people of Belgium. It seems like they started work a long time ago uh, to uh, build up to this team now that they are taming the golden generation. And I'm sure we all know most of their players playing in the English Premier League. They have some real quality um, in that side of Belgium. So we want to find out more about what is it that they are doing right and it is tuesday so we'll also talk careers in sport and today's guest in the spirit of the world cup is a video and performance analyst from mamelodi sundowns so and we want to find out what does the video and performance analyst uh, do what exactly does the job entail but before we go to wimbledon the other big story of the day is that real madrid have revealed about an hour ago that cristiano ronaldo is close to joining juventus and the deal uh, could be completed very soon they've released the statement, uh, Real Madrid confirming that Cristiano Ronaldo is leaving the club. Unbelievable stuff. But let's go to Wimbledon now to get the latest uh, from of the day's action and uh, Chris Bowers is standing by. He's our man on the sidelines watching everything uh, for us today. Chris, good uh, evening. What happened today at Wimbledon?
2: Well, the story of the day is really uh, four women's quarterfinals were played the last of the men's round of 16, plus the latest news from South Africa's Raven Class, and I'll give you the women's uh, results first. That was uh, Angelique Kerber and uh, Yelena Ostapenko, both winning in straight sets against Daria Kazakina and Dominika Cibulkova. Uh, that means that they get uh, to play each other to, uh, on Thursday. Then Serena Williams came back from a set down to beat Camilla Georgie, and on Thursday she will play Yulia Gerges. So two Germans in the last four Gerges haven't put out Kiki Burton's. The unfinished men's uh, fourth round match was one. Martin Del Potro leading Shields Simon by two sets to one well that was a long 70 minutes uh, fourth set Del Potro won it on his fifth match point so he plays against Rafael Nadal tomorrow Uh, Kevin Anderson's match against Roger Federer will be a uh, two o'clock South African time start but on court one not on centre court on centre court now South Africa's Raven Clarsen and his New Zealand partner Michael Venus are a set down in their men's quarter final men's doubles quarter final they led the tie break four 4-2 against Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez, but they lost then five of the next six points. Bad mistakes both by Venus and Klaassen, and they're just now at the start of the second set, Murray and Suarez having taken the first. Chris Bowers
0: for SAFM Sport, London. Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM.
1: Definitely the top story of the day, this one. Uh, QT Sports has struck a deal with the Competition Commission for Cartel Involvement and the commission has also uncovered collusion amongst 37 accused who negotiate transfer fees and contracts for football players and coaches. And Mr. Sipo Ngwema, who speaks on behalf of the Competition Commission, joins us on the line now to explain what is going on here. What a massive story. And there's already so much reaction on social media uh, today. Uh, Mr. Ngwema, good evening and thank you for joining us. Right here on SAFM.
3: Uh, good evening, Tariq. Thanks for having me on the program and good evening to your listeners here.
1: Firstly, before we get to the background on this matter, QT Sport, which is owned by Team Sugazi, has agreed to pay a fine. Is this an admission of guilt and what were they charged with?
3: Yes, indeed. Uh, this emanates from uh, uh, what we are charged on for price fixing and fixing trading conditions. Even the fact that as members of SOFIA, they had decided amongst themselves, as competitors, on how much they were going to charge on various aspects in terms of players and clubs. And that is in contribution of the Competition Act. Mm.
1: Now, not only that, but they've also agreed to cooperate fully with the Commission in the prosecution of other companies. What kind of cooperation are you expecting from QT Sports?
3: Uh, they have indeed agreed that they are going to uh, give us information, uh, assist the prosecution in terms of certifying against the others if necessary or giving us whatever information we need in terms of continuing with the prosecution. Now, remember, last year we referred um, them to the competition tribunal, yeah. all members of Sofia, which include Judy for um, so having come the competition, and therefore our prostitution continues. As you correctly point out, we have now reached an agreement. Uh,
1: oh, we seem to have lost. It off.
3: Off. Okay. We don't seeking any anything I either.
1: Okay, Mr Ngoma, we just seem to be losing here. We're going to try and get you on a better line. Let's just take a quick break because we want to hear everything here. There are so many people reacting uh, to this. We're going to try and get Mr Sipongwema on a better line as we speak. He is uh, the head of communications on behalf of the Competition Commission of South Africa.
0: At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on
1: Twitter. Okay, okay, let's uh, get back into that conversation then. Uh, we did hear most of what he had to say, but I was just worried that we were going to lose Mr. Sipongwema just going forward. Now, Mr. Ngwema, in your in the statement you also say it's encouraging that um, someone has owned up. Does it mean the other accused are denying involvement in this matter? Yes, indeed. Uh,
3: Particularly when we referred them, there are all sorts of uh, uh People say all sorts of things in terms of... Uh, the investigation and the prosecution, and I think that what the commissioner has said, is encouraging me the fact that uh, QTS has now owned up, and uh, this is why they have raised the kind of argument they have raised because uh, when you uh, approach investigators early, you are able to cut a better deal than the rest of everyone else, and indeed they have shown the most, and that this is why we are at we are, we are where we are right now in terms of
1: this prosecution. So, with them now, you're no longer investigating, you just want them to cooperate with the investigation, that's QTS? No, 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 we are no longer
3: investigating them, we are no longer prosecuting them as but what is happening is that they will proceed, they will assist us, and therefore, you can say they have to hook.
1: Now, uh, help us understand the background. My understanding here is that Safia, which you've mentioned, which is the South African Football Intermediaries, had complained to the Commission Uh, um, about uh, SAFA and the percentage um, of intermediaries and what they mischarge, but during this investigation, the commission obtained evidence that safia are engaging in collusive uh, conduct. What was their original complaint? Indeed, what in
4: 2015,
3: FIFA had instructed SAFA to reduce commission from 10% uh, to be be around 3%. They took uh, SAFA the high courts, which uh, they were able to interdict Safa. But when we investigated, and I remember we investigated in terms of the competition act, one of the things that we discovered was that, in fact, Safa is a regulator. So they have the power to regulate on matters affecting football. Mm. So they did not act outside their powers. However, through the investigation, we also uncovered that what Safia and its members had done You must remember they are competitors. They are competing for players, they are competing for managers in order for them to be on their books. But they sat together and decided how much commission they were going to charge. So now that is price fixing because it means that players cannot choose in terms of which agent offers better because all of them set and then determined which price they are going to so that is in breach of the act. And therefore, after we had closed the investigation in which they had complained, the information we had obtained, as I said, indicated that in fact it is there, not a the law, And this is why eventually we then uh, charged them.
1: So SAFA so under instructions from FIFA we're, were within their rights, obviously, to reduce it to 3%. So clearly these guys are not charging 3%. Are they back to charging 10% or are they charging even more?
3: Uh must remember what we investigated were the agreements. Mm-hmm. They may be far more charged, less or above, but amongst themselves, they agreed that they were going to charge 10%. And this is what we found in the market, that indeed they were charging the 10% that they had agreed upon. Hence, we are charging all of them because they used that association as a cartel platform. So that association became a cartel of competitors who, had agreed, who then agreed on what uh, the market condition should be, but also on what the price should be in terms of what they should charge in terms of Maria's Commission.
1: There's also the issue of a 20% commission fee when negotiating commercial contracts. Is that also under investigation?
3: That is the matter we're also charging them about. They are crazy that when they then charge other um, contracts, particularly the ones outside your normal uh, player transfer, but contracts that have to do with and so on and so forth, they will charge 20%. So there are agreements amongst all of them, is also in breach of the competition act and we are charging them for that as i said earlier these are competitors they have no business sitting together and deciding how much they must charge they must compete in terms of how much they should charge and this is what makes the market better because we are able to get at different prices we are able to shop around and then find the one that suits you the condition that suits you and then you contract with that person however when they sit together as competitors in design, they make it very difficult for players
1: and, uh, t- and coaches uh, to decide who their agents is going to be because they are all offering the same mm-hmm. thing sure so uh, now how far is the investigation especially with others not cooperating at which stage are you
3: we referred the matter to the tribunal we're waiting for the tribunal to give us a date on which uh, the matter will be heard and um, we are charging them with uh, those uh, charges of uh, price fixing and also fixing a market conditions.
1: And what happened to their original complaint against SAFA? You, did you find nothing wrong there, just to be clear?
3: As I said to you, that was closed. We took a yeah. decision that you could not uh, go further with that complaint because it did not break any law. As I said to you, in terms of our investigation, SAFA regulated matters that have to do with it. There's no other authority in the country, so they are within their rights um, as a regulator to regulate. But then they can fight amongst themselves or whether or not this is right
1: there. And finally, Mr. Nguyen... These agents... Yeah? Hello? Yes, yes, sorry. Go ahead, sir. These
3: agents, as I said, they are in competition with one another. And therefore, the law prohibits them to sit and share information on prices, on how much they are going to price, and also market conditions. Uh, this is what they did, and they moved
1: know. And um, are, are all the relevant football authorities aware of this investigation? Because a lot of people came across it today. Do you keep them up to date with what's happening? I'm talking about PSL and, and, and SAFA, or does it work differently with a competition commission? Uh, with SAFA, we
3: are in, uh, they are the complainant. Uh, they are aware of... Uh, what we have uh, been doing. So um, we are in touch with them. But you must remember, this is now a legal process that takes place to show the competition tribunal. And when we went to, uh, to the competition tribunal, we informed them that the process belongs to the competition
1: commission. Hey, for those who've just joined us, we are talking to Mr. Sipong Nguema, the head of communications on behalf of the competition commission of South Africa after this big story that broke today where a football agent has struck a deal with the com- commission for cartel involvement. But we've heard from the interview now that there are many others that have been charged, others not cooperating, and it is a serious issue. There are some comments coming through on social media. If you want to add anything to the conversation, 0891-104-207, SMS 40938, Whatsapp, 0614104107 and hashtag safm sport sport on will wrap up after this break
0: let's have the conversation 0891
1: and as we wrap up now, we oh, we did invite you to sports obviously just to understand their side of the story but we didn't get a positive uh, response and we're wrapping up now with Mr. Sipo Ngwema. Mr. Ngwema, there's a question here from social media. They just want to know, as a competitions commission, are you surprised by this and are there some big name agents involved? Um, we are not surprised at all.
3: I mean, in fact, what we find that anti-competitive behavior in South Africa is very widespread. And uh, it's almost uh, in many industries. Uh, yes, um, some of the names, I'm sure you would have the default uh, names that are known uh, in uh, yes. this kind of sector. So, um, almost all uh, sports agencies or sports marketing agencies, and uh, in fact, all those are under Sophia. We have charged them including Sophia. So, uh, you sports people with know them better, better. All of them, in fact, are here.
1: And another question from France wants to know what are the possible sanctions now with the others not cooperating um, if they are found guilty, and how long is this matter uh, going to take?
3: We have asked the competition tribunal to impose 10% of their turnover, meaning that 10% before um, they have uh, deducted other. Uh, expenses uh, before profit, uh, they must give 10% of what they have tendered as fine uh, to the offences that have, for the offences that they have committed.
1: And uh, the last one here on the SMS line, it says, "How will you stop them from doing this again after they've paid the fine? How confident are you that what's going to stop them from doing it again?"
3: We continue uh, monitoring the market as do, with all other markets. Um in fact, as, as I said to you, that um, our investigators uh, were in touch with GTS, but also they're in touch with the entire industry, uh, including um, the association that is uh, a regulator in this area. So no, whatever happens, then it's not going to escape our right at all.
1: Okay, Mr. Ngwama, thank you very much for speaking to us about this matter. There's so much reaction. I think people um, are still digesting it after our interviews, and our interview. And I think there'll be a lot more uh, that comes out over the next few days. But thank you very much. Um, it's a big story, and it looks like you're doing a, a wonderful job here. Tadisa, thank you
3: very much, and uh, thanks for having us on your program once again.
1: Okay, so some of the reaction here. Thank you, Mr. Ngwema. Someone Lebuhang says I'm disappointed. I used to look up to Tim Sukazi. Um, Morolong says that, uh, but it's not only about the fine they are willing to pay. Now that they are being found wanting, this talks to integrity, morals, and um, ethics and then somebody else says i just hope this won't affect ts galaxy that's the team that is owned by uh, mr tim sukazi and as i mentioned we did invite mr tim sukazi just to uh, ask him to give his side of the story he's always available to speak uh, so i'm sure he will find time to uh, speak to us uh, mr tim sukazi he's he's usually ready uh, to talk about any matter that is what is happening. Unbelievable. I'm still flabbergasted by what's um, happening here. And I think here yeah, a can of worms has been opened. And for those who follow football, there are some big agencies, intermediaries being mentioned here. I've got the list here. Uh, some of the, the accused in this matter. Pro Sport International. We all know about Pro Sport um, International. I think that's Mike McCabe in them, right? Uh, Sia Vuma Sports Group. That's Paul Mitchell in them. The Players Club. I think that's Glenn Binken in them. Bidvest Media trading as MSC Sports, QTS as I've mentioned, Professionals Marketing and Management, that is... Um Jasmine Matlakane, who used to look after Itumel Teko Mudises, Piwa Chabalala and them. They are professionals, I'm sure of that. There's JDR Consulting. There's P-Management. There's Musa Atal Atalamini, GS Sports Agency, Sierra Sports Agency. Uh, there's Eclectic Sports Management, On-The-Ball Sports Management, Touchline Sports Management, True Ambition Sports Management, Elliot Nzama, ETM Sports Management, Sports Midfield Agency, Alex Bondarenko new generation sports management cape colosseum management mvp sports management gladwin diwakwane pelelemkize and ms sport management those are just some of the um accused here in this matter whoa okay up next let's get back to the world cup uh, there is, it is world cup semi-final day after all in about 30 minutes it is france versus uh, belgium and um a few minutes ago, we put a call through to uh, Belgium before the show uh, to speak to SABC's correspondent in Belgium, Jack Parrock, just to find out what are the expectations of this Belgium team. Remember yesterday, we spoke about England to Paul Barber. And we want to find out this Belgium team, they've been dubbed um, the golden generation for some time now. They've bombed at major tournaments in, 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 in recent years, but um, they've been looking very good um, in this World Cup. And we want to find out when did it all start, because it clearly didn't happen overnight, that Belgium, with about two top leagues, Um, Have players now playing in in, in the English Premier League and in some of the top leagues around the country, there is something that they're doing right. So after the break, we'll hear from SABC, a correspondent in Brussels, Jack Parrock.
0: Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.2 FM in Toroyando.
1: Okay, so I began the interview with uh, Jack Parrock just by asking him what were the expectations from the people of Belgium before this tournament? What were they expecting from the golden generation? The
5: people of Belgium have had high hopes for their national team for a long time now. This is called the golden generation around 10-15 years ago a lot of money was pumped into the belgian national football sort of structures and that's why we've seen such good players like kevin de bruyne Eden azar vincent company etc coming through and being real world-class players the people of belgium though, have seen their team exit major tournaments at the quarterfinals for the last two at the euros and at the world cup four years ago this year because of the results and because of the way they've been playing there is high expectation that Belgium could actually win the World Cup.
1: Well as you said I mean the team has long been touted as the golden generation but they failed to make an impact at previous major tournaments. I remember their disappointment at Euro 2016 when everybody felt they had the kind side of the draw. What's changed in Russia Jack?
5: Well one of things is that they have a new coach so roberto martinez who used to coach everton and as famously kind of well regarded as a coach he's come on board and has tried to get the team to work uh, in unity he didn't take raja nangeland the roma midfielder who is very very popular here because of his sort of team philosophy and also interestingly he brought on thierry henry as his assistant coach the french former french striker who won the World Cup with France in 1998 there's many people here that believe he might have brought on the winning mentality in this Belgium team also some self-belief which we saw expressively in the Japan match where the the Belgians went 2-0 down and ended up ended up turning the game around to win 3-2. That's something Belgian fans have not really experienced much in recent years. And a lot of people are saying that's down to the belief that's been instilled in this team. Obviously, now this is a difficult one for Thierry Henry. It's his mm. home nation playing the nation that he's training. But the players will hope to try and get into that final for the first ever time in Belgium's history. They've only ever been in a semi-final once before. And that was back in 1986. So a long, a long, ago, a long ago in the memory
1: you touched earlier on that it was a golden generation it was intentional something happened a couple of years ago i read that the former technical director Michel sablon actually is the one that helped revolutionize uh, belgium football with a brochure that he took to the schools is that correct
5: yes yeah, so that's exactly what they went in to do they went into schools they tried to make it a unifying factor they put a lot of money into academies to try and get young players Believing that they could go to the top level of the game. Belgium has for a long time had good quality players. <laughs> Often, though, they have been sort of criticised and looked down on by their French neighbours. So this is why this makes... Uh, for such an interesting match to, uh, uh, against France but really it's a, it's a it's a difficult one because how do you get such a small nation to keep on uh, producing good quality players and it's really been done at the very grassroots level in Belgium and that's the fruits of it have been seen in this team now for many years now since all that happened there have been really successful individual players playing at top levels across Europe but the national team hasn't really been able to gel together. This World Cup however it looks like they've really been able to. Many of the players have been on the top of their game causing trouble and now after the 2-1 win against Brazil in the quarterfinals, there's high belief that this team can really go all the way. Having said that they're going to play a very very good French team and if they do beat that French team then they've got to come up against either England or Croatia who two countries who have outperformed really in expectations and will also want to go ahead and take that trophy mm.
1: And at what stage, Jack, did the country realise that this is the Golden Generations, that they've been playing together at youth international level also?
5: It's difficult really to tell because, you know, some of the players are older, some are younger there's some new players upcoming now you're seeing the likes of Tealands, for instance, who's been playing on and off in this World Cup really making a difference, we saw that Goal of Adnan Yanazai who's kind of struggled, struggled at team level, but he scored a very good goal against England in the group stages. And they're playing with these sort of long-standing players: Vincent Kompany, your Romelu Lukaku's, your uh, Eden Hazards, etc. So the, Bel- the I mean, one of the points in the Belgian philosophy at the moment is that they want to make sure that whatever ha- comes out of this World Cup, they can continue to have the kind of success and the kind of quality players in the future as well. The Belgian philosophy now is not just to build one great team, to, but to build a sort of great history of footballing talent over the coming coming years and decades.
1: And just a word on Romelu Lukaku, you touched on him, many United fans even here love to hate him but they seem to have seen a different side of him, different qualities. Are people in Belgium surprised by, by what is shown during this World Cup?
5: Yeah, well Romelu Lukaku is a very famous player, obviously, and is known very well. He's not the most popular player here in Belgium <laughs> compared to others, but he has certainly shown himself to be able to score goals in this tournament. He had a bit of a difficult game against Brazil, but there is high expectation for him to go ahead. He's going to be a key part in trying to take on the French defense who We've looked pretty solid throughout most of the tournament.
1: Mm. And and uh, well, don't many people tipping him to be player of the tournament. Uh, how good has he been?
5: He has been absolutely fantastic He's really controlled the midfields in the Brazil game He was absolutely key Picking passes out But having said that, there has been some French players We've seen Kylian Mbappe really taking on defences mm. uh, So it's going to be a difficult match for him as well They might try and close him down in that centre of the park We'll have to wait and see whether he can really take it to the French team and have the effect. And, and it, I mean, if he gets them into the final, if he scores a wonder goal, then it is looking more likely that he may be rated as player of the tournament.
1: Finally, having come this far now, are they expected to win it? Will it be a disappointed, disappointment if they don't go all the way?
5: There will be huge disappointment in Belgium. We saw after they beat Brazil scenes that looked as though they just won the whole tournament. <laughs> Having said that, the French team are the, the, the bookies' favourite to go on and win this match against Belgium. So the, the odds are stacked against them. I think it will be one of the real sort of iconic matches of this already fantastic tournament.
0: Hashtag SFM Sport On.
1: On that note, uh, from Brussels, let's speak to our World Cup commentator and analyst here on SABC Sport, Mo Ali, who will be covering the game uh, this evening. So you don't have to go anywhere during Mr. Ashraf Gara's show. There will be uh, live updates throughout the show and let's get Mo's thoughts on how he expects things uh, to turn out this evening. Mo, uh, good evening. Another potential cracker on the cards. Do you expect it to live up to expectations?
6: Good evening to you, So Yeah, for me, it's the final before the final. It's uh, by far the two best teams at this tournament. And uh, I mean, if you look at France's game against uh, Argentina when they won 4-3, Belgium coming from 2-0 down to show great spirit and heart uh, to beat uh, Japan. And uh, Belgium top scorers at this tournament as well with 14 goals. Uh, France haven't done too badly either. And I think both teams will be committed to uh, Belgium at least will be committed to attack uh, we know Didier Deschamps is, is a bit more of a pragmatic coach but with the quality of players he's got going forward uh, particularly Kylian Mbappé and then Antoine Griezmann um, you know I think uh, particularly the pace of Kylian Mbappé needs to be used uh, and if you look at the defense of uh, Belgium 30 uh, somethings in, in Toby Alderweireld, the Vinson company and, and jean Vertonghen. so I think uh, you know the, the Belgians will be keen to guard against uh, providing that kind of Space for Akinian Mbappe to exploit and use his space. And then, of course, that midfield battle I think will be fascinating with uh, Ngolo Kante. Everybody, you know, it says what a great player he is. And uh, sometimes I think Thierry Henry uh, apparently went up to the Chelsea training one day to touch him and poke him in his chest to find out if he's real. You know? <laughs> so, uh, very interesting change in, in the Belgium lineup as well uh, with Thomas Mounier uh, being yeah. out suspended and Nasser uh, Chadlik, or rather Moussa Dembele coming in. Uh, so so it looks like they're going to play a back three because Moussa Dembélé, not a defender, is a very good midfielder. So I think uh, you know the plan will probably be for for Belgium to flood that midfield and suffocate that midfield with, with Pogba and and Conte and uh, Blaise Matuidi who's back in the side. That's the only change for the French lineup uh, for for Korinten Tolisso. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be a very very interesting game and and two very good teams. Uh, their neighbours, remember, Belgium playing only in their second World Cup semi-final. They'll be hoping to go through and uh, yeah Thierry Henry obviously would have mixed emotions having won the world cup with France in 1998 being a key player in that side and now sitting on the opposite side uh, i think i think it's going to be a very very good game this evening
1: they did change their formation a bit, Belgium, in their last match against Brazil. Romelu Lukaku playing more um, on the right. Do you expect more of the same tonight?
6: I think I think you know, and, and the big surprise in that game as well was uh, Marwan Fellaini coming in and Nasser Shadley. Of course, they came in in the previous game against Japan, did very well. So, I think, uh, you know, uh, um, Roberto Martinez has shown, uh, you know, he's capable of, of mixing it up and his players are capable of playing a different system and I think they're going to go back to a back three this evening with Alderweireld company and, and Fertongen at the back and uh, probably using the, uh, you know, wingbacks uh, the likes of, of uh, Shadley and uh, Kevin De Bruyne are probably playing out wide as well. Um, Eden Hazard through the middle. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how France respond to that. Um, they, they've got a settled lineup. They're going to play a settled, uh, you know, back four with Pavard, Var- Varane and Umtiti at the back and Hernandez. And then look at, at Conte to clean up everything in that midfield and uh, possibly release Pogba to go forward and, and Matuidi as well. And maybe, you know, uh, Olivier is, is a big threat in the air as well, so uh, he hasn't uh, really. He uh, you know, hasn't shot to... on
1: target. <laughs> <laughs> he
6: hasn't, yeah. But uh, and, and and two very good goalkeepers as well. I mean, yeah. I think you know, uh, I think Kevin De won the man of the match, but for me, uh, Thibaut Courtois should have got man of the match against uh, against Brazil because he really kept them in the side with with some terrific uh, kept them in the game rather with some terrific saves. And uh, if if, uh, if Brazil had scored early in that game and and Thibaut Courtois was responsible for them not scoring early, even in the second half, could have been a different game. So two very good goalkeepers in in, in in prospect as well and uh, the other fascinating part is in many of these players know each other from the English Premier League and, and yeah. a few t- teammates playing up against each other as well so it's going to be a fa- uh, Eden Hazard uh, was, was actually born in the, the north of France and uh, you know there were pictures of him wearing a France jersey as a young kid so <laughs> you know there's <laughs> these little battles uh, between these two, two two sides and I think it's it's, it's going to be a fascinating encounter. Should be a
1: cracker. Thanks, Mo. We'll get updates from you uh, throughout the game, which kicks off at 8 p.m. Mo Ali there, our uh, correspondent commentator uh, during this World Cup, has been doing a fantastic job uh, for SAPC Sport right across the board. Up next, it is Tuesday. So we talk careers in sport as we try and educate and expose uh, people to the different careers within a sport. And in the spirit of the World Cup, as I've already mentioned, uh, tonight we're going to speak to a video analyst of a football club, Mamelodi Sundowns, actually. Uh, Mario Masha will speak to us as a video and performance analyst just to find out more about um, his role and what his job and what and what the job entails.
0: Hashtag #SAFM Sport On.
1: Leading the conversation, of course, I am uh, Tabiso Mosia. And let's now, as we always do on a Tuesday, talk careers in a sport. And uh, Mario Masha joins us on the line, Melody Sundowns video and performance analyst, just to find out more about this line of work. Mario, good evening and thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us on SAFM. Tabiso, it's a pleasure. And uh,
4: yeah, uh, looking forward to it. How are you?
1: I'm fine. Thanks, Mario. Educators here is a video Analyst and performance analyst the same thing, or are these two different jobs?
4: P- pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I think when you talk about analysts, you get different types of analysts. So you can focus on a post-match analyst who will focus solely on his own team. For example, at Nanolodi Sundowns, there's three analysts. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of the three, uh, and then you also get an opposition analyst that just focuses on the opposition. So, you get different types of analysis.
1: I was going to ask you that later on. I'm glad you've clarified it. So, at sundowns, and now what does your job entail? What exactly is it that you do?
4: Uh, basically, opposition analysis. So, for example, say we play in a team next week, say Wednesday or Saturday or this weekend. Um, I tend to go watch one live game of the opposition, mm-hmm. and then I'll watch two or three uh, games on my laptop, uh, previous matches.
1: And then, what do you do? Do you then break it down uh, for the coaches and for the team when you come back?
4: Exactly. So uh, you're always trying to find trends, strengths, weaknesses within those trends. Um, you know the video won't lie. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we'd show the coaches. Um, lucky enough for us, though, we've got such a we've got a strong technical team, and um, you know the the coaches always watching and always adapting and learning and that helps us learn so um, yeah you've got to be on top of the game you know so yeah. the game is always changing and time waits for no one so you've got to be on top of it.
1: Do you So do you take instructions from the coaches on what you need to focus on or do you lead either way? Well you know we
4: follow a philosophy so um, you know in attack and defense and um, you know that's things that we've worked on and you know we live by in a way so uh, when I go watch a game, I know what I'm looking for. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Mm.
1: Are you also responsible, Mario, for sourcing out videos of the opposition, especially when you play against the so-called smaller teams on the continent? Because we've had the coaches, whether it's your coach, whether it's Kevin Hunt, who says, "Ah, yeah, he doesn't know too much about those fishermen. So if you can't go there, do you have to now? Is it your duty to get a video of the opposition?
4: hundred percent. So uh, one of the other analysts, Gulam Velodia, yeah. uh, who's been at the club for some time, uh, I would say my senior, um, he he tends to travel. Say so we play in a team in Africa, he would travel there to watch them play live yeah. and also just get an understanding of the area and the place and the environment.
1: Oh, I see. And how did you get involved in, in this field and how long have you been doing this for? Uh I started just, yeah. I actually got into coaching
4: first. I went to the UK okay. and actually done my uh, coaching badges. Um, when I say coaching badges, it's more introductory, so level one, level two. And mm. um, I spent about a year there in the UK um, working and doing the courses. And then uh, from there, I actually went to America and I worked at uh, New York Red Bulls for three seasons, uh, working with youth development. So um at that time you know football was okay well they call it soccer so <laughs> it, yeah it wasn't getting too big but it was on the rise and um, so I've done coaching uh, for what three seasons there I came back to South Africa and then I tried to find some coaching work that didn't happen and then I found out about a company called the mm-hmm. that used to yes. do analysis for a lot of the clubs and a lot of they and also for SAFA for the men's and the women's team and uh That's actually, funny enough, uh, uh, one of my seniors there is the other analyst at Sundown. So,
1: yeah. I remember, Uh, Misko, they provided stats also um, to to, to, to a lot of the other guys. So, for somebody interested in in this, in becoming a video and performance analyst, would you encourage them to study anything specific or is coaching the way to go? I
4: think, yeah, I think coaching, it, it goes hand in hand. And then it's about um, chance and opportunity, you know. So, um, and yeah, you know, it's it's about learning. You know, what you put in is what you get out. It's as uh, simple as that. But again, you always you also need that opportunity and that chance for someone to say, you know, uh, let him have a try, or uh, you know, that's it. And it's up to that person to see where they stand. And you know, you you can train the eye. You know, you can you can watch football. I don't get tired of it. I'm sure you guys are going to watch the game now at 8. You know, that's what I'm doing right now. After this call, I'll be watching that game. Uh,
1: and how big now is Vyden Performance Analyst? How big has it become a part of the game? And can somebody actually make a career out of it?
4: Definitely, definitely. If you look at, um, you know, in Europe, if you look at someone like Man City, um, they're the video analysis, it's a, it becomes a department, you know, so you'll have a, a head analyst and then it branches off. So you could have maybe six or eight analysts. Like I said, we've got three. There's three of us. Um, Musi Matlava, Gilan Velodio and myself. And uh, I think a lot of clubs in the country now, uh, maybe, maybe one or two don't have analysts, if that. Uh, when I did start, and that is, I was, Two years at a, three years at a Moscow. Uh, I was one year at Merthyr United with Steve Compella, and I'll be going into my fourth season now at the Manly Thunder. So the other, it's it's growing and it'll keep on growing.
1: Does it also filter down to the youth teams? Because I've 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 been at various youth tournaments and I've seen some of the clubs actually coming with a camera uh, and shooting some of the games. Is, is that also does it also happen with the youth teams? <laughs> Definitely,
4: definitely. I actually do quite a bit of the youth teams as well at Sundance. You know, it's good to profile. If a, if Coach Pizza mentioned something about a youth player, um, as long as we've got footage and profile of the player, that's important, you know, so it's almost becomes like a database.
1: Hmm. Well, for those who've just joined us, we are speaking to Mario Masha, a video and performance analyst at Mamelodi Sundowns at the moment, and we're just trying to understand more about his job and his role and what it entails, and whether one I can make a career out of it. And it seems like you can definitely make a career out of it. If you have any questions or comment, feel free to tweet us, tweet at SAFM Radio hashtag SAFM Spot On, and uh, call us on zero eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Our SMS line is four zero nine three eight. Our WhatsApp number is zero six one. Four one zero four one zero seven.
0: Call Tabiso now. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven.
1: We're back talking to Mario Masha as we wrap up. Mario, what are some of your highlights in your job in in this field specifically?
4: Oh geez, uh, where do I start? Um, I get to watch uh, football training every day of my life, and when it comes to work, I, t- I get to watch football. So. It doesn't get worse than that. Uh, Some of our highlights, um, going to Japan for the World Uh. Club Cup with the team, uh, winning cap, uh, being at the stadium, uh, experience of a lifetime. And yeah, there's so many. It's uh, it's been a blessing, to be honest.
1: And on the same note, um, what are the challenges in this field?
4: Challenge, uh, mental strength, because uh, with Monolody Sundowns, you're almost playing every three to four days. Uh, in terms of doing opposition analysis, watching three or four games uh, in a space of three days and also going to matches. Um, so, yeah, mental strength and then consistency within that, that's, that's the hard part. Mm,
1: I know at Sundowns, the, the coach gives them a lot of homework. Are players open to watching videos of themselves when they have to to, to analyze their performance?
4: Definitely, definitely. I think so. And, you know, if it's driven well, and the coach dri- uh, drives it well, and that's what he does. Um, you know, they open to it because they've seen it's, it's been beneficial. So if it's worked and you win things, why not do it, you know? So.
1: Okay, we've got a caller on the line, Mike in uh, Cape Town. Mike, good evening. Uh, thank you for joining us. What is your comment or question for, for Mario?
4: Good evening, gents. Um Yes. I'm very happy to hear from Mario. I mean, I, it's it's one field that I'm, I'm I'm developing an interest in other than the coaching side mm-hmm. of, of football or sports in general. I just wanted to find out from from Mario is um to how how much of a reception the, do the coaches um uh, like how to what extent can they influence the coaches' tactics um from the interpretation of the data. Uh, because I I do realize that in some sports, like what I read in baseball, in in, in baseball and in basketball, is that the, the analysis and the video analysts um, have a lot to do with how the coaches on the match day um, approach matches and how the information that they transmit through to the players. So is that the same here, or are they still are, are they still being met with some resistance from the coaches?
1: Okay, great stuff there, Mike. Very good call i'll take the second one and then we'll let mario answer william in the free state thank you for calling what's your question
2: yeah okay thank you thank you Tabitha. no i just want to find out you know, at the
3: moment he's at uh, sundowns there's three of them so i just want to find out you know how big is the technical team you know at sundowns you know if there are three just analysts and you know, i know there's a kid manager there's a Assistant Coach, there's a goalkeeper coach. You know, I just hope it is. The how how many are they in the in the technical team?
1: Okay, let me answer that, and then I'll let Mario answer. I've I've <laughs> I've been to a lot of youth tournaments. I was saying earlier on last year, I was yeah. at an seventeen youth tournament just up the road here at Max Park, the Engine Knockout Challenge, and Sundowns yeah. had three coaches yeah. on the bench. Uh, I think it was yeah. Godfrey. It was I- Coach Isaac Shai, and then it was yeah. also. Wendell Robinson, and I think there was also Warren Bishop, the goalkeeper coach. They have got a proper yes. technical team for, for under-15s yes. and under-17s. They take them so seriously. Even even if you go down to the under-12s, you'll find that they've got a coach and an assistant coach. But I'll let Mario answer that. Maybe, Mario, we can pick it up from yeah, there. Yeah, How big is the technical yeah, yeah. team? just
2: in the, in the first team. I just want in the fifth
1: yeah. team.
3: I know maybe... Yeah, but in the fifth team, I just want Because I, why I'm asking this question, uh is that... We've got got about 18 or 16 teams here, but most of them, you know, they even battle to pay a doctor, you know, a physio, you know. So it it won't be possible to have that kind of a big, so it will only be at Sundowns only. Mm,
1: Because no money problems there. Mario, how big is the team at Sundowns? Oh, technical team, um, and you know what's funny is in Europe, this is
4: the norm, and... uh, if I'm not mistaken, someone said to me that in Europe, our technical team uh, would maybe be considered small. So oh. um, I'm trying to, off, off the top of my head, think of numbers um, head coach, assistant coach, goalkeeper coach, uh, doctors, not one. Yeah. Um, biokineticist, physical trainer, analysts. Uh, yeah, you're looking at. Ten plus maybe. Eh? Sure.
1: And what are your chances of getting
4: a medal? <laughs> <laughs> I got one, right? <laughs> you got one. Yeah.
1: Do you You've have a, a league medal, or a Champions League? Both. Wow, that is brilliant stuff. Yeah. Well done, uh, Mario. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go back to the first question from Mike in Cape Town. He wants to know how much influence. Uh, how, how much do you influence the coach's tactics in terms of the data that you receive? How much does that influence the tactics? Yeah.
4: That's a very good question, Mike. I think when we look at data, especially within football and also in our country, uh, I think the numbers are I don't think it'll be the same like in in especially America in the American sports with uh, basketball and baseball and that sort of thing. Uh, I think the important thing for us here is more trends with video. So numbers, yes, we look into the numbers, and um, that's part of part of the job but I still think we are a little bit behind in terms of numbers and we don't have to use it just yet. You know, I think, I think that'll in, not improve, but I think we'll use it more so in the future. But if we look at you know, in, for example, in America with uh, the college basketball, you know, so much of it is data and stats and numbers and percentages. And look, we we get a lot of that. We get our reports, et cetera, and uh, we can see all of that. And but it's how we use it. And, uh, Obviously speaking to the technical team and the head coach and if it's confidential with, the, you know, amongst us or sometimes it has to be addressed to a certain player because of his figures. and um, Yeah, and that's
1: it. Here's another question from Jack and Albertin coming through via um, SMS. Yeah, Jack has SMSed us on uh, 40938. I would have never thought of this, Jack. He says the referee is part of the game, though neutral. Mm. Do they also get analysed? <laughs> <laughs>
4: funny, funny enough, uh, I remember i actually done some work with uh, SAFA,
6: yes. uh, the men's
4: team under 20s, uh, the first team, and some of the women teams. And I remember at the time they said they were doing an analysis tool to analyze, as uh, the viewer said, um, the referee. Mm. So I-, I won't forget if I was in the UK and someone said to me, uh, I was watching a football match and a referee was next to me. And he says, you and I are watching two different games. <laughs> so I won't forget that. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: so he also wants to know that do you, the players get told you can take a chance with this referee. He or she is lenient or watch it with this <laughs> referee. And this one is no, a no, hard no, act. I- I don't know about that, sir. I'm sure you don't, Mario. Finally, (laughs) we we had the coach, uh, Coach Pizza, a couple of weeks ago, uh, about two months ago, actually, on this show, and he was telling us about how KB, the physical trainer, um, keeps up with the trends. He gets emails Mm -hmm. from Real Madrid every day. Do you also keep up with the international trends? How do you do that?
4: That's it. Um, One
1: of my primary roles is also watching a lot of European football
4: and... um, like I said, you know, time waits for no one, so you, you've got to watch, you've got to see. I'm sure there's been a couple of trends now in the World Cup. Um, so the game always evolves, and it's always changing. So, yeah, you there's always uh, something new. You know, maybe yeah. it's uh, something specific with a formation. Maybe it's uh, something specific with set plays. So, uh, but, but I enjoy that because, uh, you know, It keeps it exciting. Even last season with Man City, you know, high-scoring team in the history of the Premier League, etc. There's there's lots of details in that, and there's lots of small details, and those are the details that matter, you know.
1: Okay. And then the last one from Sidigo wants to know how does one contact Mario? I would like him to come present during a career day with our high school learners. This is a very interesting topic. Can we put them in touch with you?
4: Uh, You can. You can. Um, I can give you my email address. Yes, please. Okay, it's Mario M A R I O. Yep. Uh, same word, Masha M A S H A.
1: Yes.
4: The number eighty two. Yes. At gmail dot com.
1: Okay, Mar- Mario Masha eighty two at gmail dot com. That's right. That's how people get in touch with you. Mario, thank you very much for enlightening us here. So many people enjoying this conversation and finding out more about the video performance analysis. And it seems like there's so many people interested um, in this field that they just were not sure how to go about it or what exactly it entails. And I think you've opened up a few minds and eyes here. Thank you very much. Let's not keep you for long. You've got a game to watch in a minute. Thanks, Mario. Uh, uh,
4: Taviso, thanks very much. Thanks for the viewers as well. Have a good evening.
1: Thank you very much, Mario Masha. There you have it. A man that gets paid for watching football, like Roxino is saying on Twitter. Must be very, very nice to be paid just to watch football or just to be behind the mic and just talk about sport. Best job in the world. Up next, the big hitter with Mr. Ashraf Gada is none other than a uh, Patricia DeLille between 8 and 9. So you don't want to miss that. If you want to catch the World Cup semifinal action, uh, stay tuned to the show. Mo Ali will give you updates so you won't miss the soccer if you want to listen to Patricia DeLille. It should be an interesting one there. That's it from us. Thank you to Luyolo. Thank you to Baba There will be more sport in the morning with Zai Khan on Sunrise with Stephen Hortes between uh, 6 and 9. And for any suggestions and ideas, always feel free to email coolchick at, at, at Sport safm.co.za, it's at safm.co.za. My name is Tabiso Musiya, News is next.